Hi, and welcome to Rescuing Churches. If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh. That's my dad, Stan. Oh, wait, wait. Rewind that. I'm Stan. That's my da- that's my son, Josh. We'll get this right in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you do the intros. That's exactly why I do the intros. <laughs> exactly. For that reason right uh, there. So We thought we'd change up on you a little bit, and I changed too many things at one time. You do. But we're time. joined by our wonderful uh, sound tech... The silent partner who's manning the controls at Mission Central over there and all is well since we're not on Zoom uh, trying to figure out how that works. But it is a pleasure to be with you again. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to spell myths. Dispel myths. Spell. M starts with an M. Aren't we spelling myths now? We're dispelling some myths. Oh, that's right. We were having lunch today with someone we both love and she thought we said our podcast was going to be on spelling myths spelling myths which we're not going to do today i think we should spell myths it'd be a lot easier you want to dispel some myths uh, about digital media social media and digital ministry yeah and something called metaverse which scared me when you talked about earlier but we're going to dive into a little bit of that now uh, which is really good um because as you say, we live in a pretty weird time as church leaders and pastors and elders, and everyone's trying to figure out how the digital world works and what parts we need to participate in, what parts we need to avoid, what parts are dangerous, and all that kind of stuff. And I know some churches that won't post anything they do online. Uh, They don't want a Facebook page or anything. Um, You're going to at least compete with them a little bit to say it's a platform where ministry is very, very possible. Not only possible, but needed. Necessary. Absolutely. Yeah, needed. So so let's dive in uh, to this big problem that you think um, we, you've fallen into because of false beliefs that the digital media is not real ministry. Now, we've talked about this on a couple of other podcasts, which you might can link us to yeah. uh, previously, but... Um, that it's not as important as an in-person ministry. And obviously, it's not the same as an in-person ministry. But the truth is, digital ministry is important, um, as you say, because some people are never going to darken the door. Um, they're literally going to be just a digital, in your digital footprint. Right. how I would say that as an old person. Um, and you can influence them from that digital footprint but if they're never coming in your door, not going to be a face to face. So, um, so tell me about a little bit what you're thinking as you write this, and then we're going to look at several reasons why 
uh, pastors and church leaders should engage themselves a little deeper in full full ministry. Yeah, they're not really reasons. They're myths that we're going to dispel. Back oh, to right. the title. That's right. It has nothing to do with reasons. We're actually right. going to list some myths that pastors actually believe, and we're going to we're going to dispel those and say here's why those are not true. So just at the beginning of all of this, going back to what you said a second ago about digital ministry being just as important. The one thing I want every pastor to hear out of this episode, if you hear nothing else, and you'll hear this in my little spiel at the Shepherd Summit coming up at the end of this month, is that one of the biggest reasons that digital ministry is just as important as in-person ministry is because the person you're reaching through your digital platform is just as real of a person as the person that walks into your building or sits in your pew or sits at the tables in your sanctuary. Yeah, and that's important because there is an older all pastor, real people. An older pastor, we tend to forget that. That's exactly right. And uh, and you have to realize there's a real person on the other side of that screen or the other side of that Facebook profile, the other side of those pictures or Instagram page or Twitter. Whatever, perhaps it is. a fallen person, a broken person, yep. a, a person that's very depressed. Yep. Uh, no telling what their needs are. Maybe a, a a very godly saint that's just looking for someone to feed them some spiritual truth. So, right. so it is a real person. And another thing to hang in there with, and again, this will be in what I talk about um, at the summit. So you guys can kind of hang on to this and, and get a little more on this when you come. Some of the people who left your church during COVID and because of COVID are not going to be coming back to your physical building, but they will keep watching online, either via your Facebook page. If you're doing Facebook Live, they're going to be watching through your YouTube platform and or your website. We'll talk a lot about websites at the Shepherd Summit. Um, They're going to gather around your teaching in their home. Some of them may even have a Bible study, what we would call a Bible study, but instead of diving into the word themselves, they're going to listen to a pastor's sermon and it might be yours and it might not be somebody that goes to your church. It might be somebody in another state that says, we really like this pastor that we found online and that might be you. You might not even know that until you get to heaven. Yeah, It's amazing how far I mean, even our little podcast reaches. Yes, it is. Uh, we have people in Hawaii listening to this podcast. Not, exactly. Well, our church podcast probably get some too, but I know people in Romania listen yes. to our church podcast. There will be so. people in other states and other countries that will hit your digital content based on search phrases, based on keywords and all of that kind of stuff. And the reality is in the digital age that we're living in, your church and the online presence that your church has can be used for incredible kingdom work and kingdom value. And you can either embrace that or you can just kind of bury your head in the sand. Like it's all not real and watch everything go by and not have an impact there. It's a huge mission field and it's a huge opportunity. Um, And there's a few myths and a few, a few things that I think pastors look at, and say, well, here's why that's not going to happen for us, right? Um, and yeah. I and I want to bust I want to bust those wide open today. Yeah, so, <laughs> I just want to yeah, do you're, that. You're chomping at the bit to blow up the myths, as it were. I am. I really um, am. Number one, you say digital ministry is expensive. 
So when a pastor sits down with you and says, "Digital ministry, Josh, is too expensive. We don't have to, we don't have the money to do all this, man. It's way expensive." No, it's not. And I'm looking over at my silent partner, Mike, who's shaking his head because we both know. So th- this kind of thing gets said to guys like us who work in church columns all the time. We don't have the money for that. We'll never have the, the last, money. Last couple of months, you guys have helped build three or four websites and social media pages for oh, a yeah. couple of churches here. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, a pastor will say, well, we'll never have the money to pull off what you're talking about. But digital ministry and the ability to do digital ministry from a website or a social media page is either free or incredibly cheap. Facebook. Yeah, so how, how much do you pay for your Facebook? Zero. And how much do you pay for your Twitter? Zero. And your Instagram? Zero. <laughs> huh. Those are my favorite prices. Those are your favorite price tags yeah. in the world. You really have no excuse if you're the pastor of a church of any size right. for not being on social media other than I just don't want to do it but, or I but feel I like I'm need too a web busy. Page. I also or, need a web page. Right. Now i got to go buy a domain name. you got to buy it. I mean, that's yep. expensive. Domain names are very yeah, expensive. It's all of like $9 a year. <laughs> a, a whole $9 a year. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So i got to buy a name, but then i got to find somebody. i got to build this whole platform to put all that on, right? That's right. very expensive. Yeah. Really, Very really, expensive. really expensive. Really horribly, terribly expensive. With platforms like Weebly and WordPress and Squarespace, Which and we all did of WordPress that, here for a long time. Long time here at Northside, I had a WordPress site going for us. You can build a site for next to nothing, and it's all template-based, which means you don't have to know a lot of fancy HTML coding. Whatever that is. And write all of your own stuff stuff from scratch to be able to build a site for yourself Just drag and drop it's and drag and drop type, type and done right and if you have basic skills with say something if you already are going into this with basic knowledge of programs like microsoft word or powerpoint especially powerpoint and you can handle maneuvering things around on a slide or on a program like that, you can teach yourself WordPress. You just have to apply yourself to yeah, take the time to YouTube do it. some good YouTube videos out there, too. That oh, yeah, tons, but, tons. But I will tell you this, and you know this, but in high school now, they're teaching kids how to build these web pages like that. Yep. And so if you've got a high schooler that's uh, you know smart enough to hang around and learn at your church yes. and wants to be part of your church, you can probably get them to help you or take it back to their lab right? and get the lab teacher at their high school to help you right. uh, lay out your initial designs and get everything like you want it and good to go I with do, WordPress or whatever. So. I do strongly recommend that. That's, a, that's always a great idea for all the pastors that are listening. Always check off with your, your high school kids, your millennials, college, college kids, college kids, teenagers, anybody yeah. that you've got in your church that's in that age bracket and see if they're already into this because then you've, you've got a little bit of help. Way ahead of the curve. You're already right. ahead of the curve. Yep. Yeah. So, so boom, myth gone, kaboom. Right. Digital ministry is not real ministry, Josh. That's a myth. That is a myth and a farce. A farce. And I think, sadly, a lot of church leaders and pastors believe that, and they see digital ministry as unimportant in the grand scheme of things, or at least when compared to in-person ministry. And they say it's like not as important, or and this is what really tends to 
I mean, it just, it, it bothers me a little bit that digital ministry is, it, it's, it's almost like it's started to be viewed as second rate or second level status. Mm-hmm. In-person ministry is more important. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we can't just say that they're both right here next to each other. Why can't we do that? Because we, a lot of us might say there's in-person ministry and then there's missions ministry and there's this ministry and that ministry and this ministry when all ministry is important. Yes. Let's just say that. Yeah. All ministry is important, no yeah. matter what kind it is. Right. right. <laughs> Can't we just say that? Right. Because, and I'll just throw out a few examples and, you know, like with that single mom in your community who's been watching the Sunday service for two months, finally works up the courage, come and walk into your physical church building she is probably already going to feel like she knows you and your family because you've used your family maybe as a sermon illustration a few times. And she might even feel like she knows some of the people in the church itself because, you know, as you well know, being a pastor, you tend to call out people's names in the middle of this of a sermon or you call on so-and-so to share a testimony or do sure. something like that. So when she shows up, she's already going to feel like she knows some of the people there. Mm-hmm. She's going to walk in feeling that way. And it's going to be like, wow, we have a visitor today. But in some respects, she doesn't feel all the way like a visitor because right. it's not first. It's not really first time, first time for her. It's right. first time in the building. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's really, really true. And we've had examples of that in our own church we in have. the last couple we of sure several have. years. Several of them, not just one, but exactly. several of them. Right? Yep. Another example, if one of your sermons moves that troubled teenager who's – been listening or talk, he decides to talk to his youth pastor rather than take his own life in the middle of the night. True story, by the way, from mm-hmm. the church communications group that I'm in on Facebook. You've just had an incredible in-person impact through your digital ministry. Mm-hmm. Your digital ministry impacted an in-person situation. Right. And you may never see or hear from that teenager or their family this side of heaven and that's okay right you don't know you don't know what's happening out there right with some of that but just just like even if you just go old school for a little bit and take all this digital stuff off the off the deal if i preached a sermon you know let's go back to the 80s and 90s here if i preached a sermon and somebody in the church heard it went went to their workplace the next day and just repeated a phrase or two and that carried into another family and into another family. You don't know the impact. It's the ripple. It's the ripple effect. Correct. It's the ripple effect. You know, and somebody back then we gave away, we had CDs with our sermons on. If you give a CD to somebody and they give it to somebody else. We had cassette tapes before that. Yeah. It gets lost in somebody's (laughs) car and then somebody goes, Hey, I wonder what this is. And they listen to it and it impacts them. You can't even know. You never even know. But God knows. God has a reason for those seeds going out like that and the ripple effect, as you say. And, and when you reference things like cassette tape, and CDs, my generation goes, Digital. oh, today we're talking about MP3s and podcasts, podcasts. and mm-hmm. YouTube and Facebook Live and all that. Right. That's the ripple effect of digital ministry today. Correct. Um, it's, it's a real ministry because it connects with real people. And I, I think that's a really, a really important thing to remember and understand is that these people are just as important as va- and valuable as the people that are sitting in your your pews and your chairs every Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's real for sure. I appreciate how you're saying that. Um, you're actually going to have some time at our Shepherd Summit coming up at the end of the month. 
talk about this a little more in person, in depth. So the, yeah, we'll, we'll, those pastors gonna, who are coming in, uh, you're going to get a little time with Josh to talk about some of this. Yeah, and I, I won't do as much myth busting um, at the summit, but I will take some some of a little bit of what I'm saying here, but a lot of different stuff and funnel it through church websites is mm-hmm. what I really want to talk to um, all the pastors about at the summit is, is church websites. But just a little side note on that last myth. Just remember, it's not about seeing them come to your church. It's about ministering to them online where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they are is online. Mm-hmm. So if they show up and become attenders, that's great. But if they don't, that's okay too. It's still ministry. It's still ministry. It's still ministry. And uh, myth, boom, second myth blown up. Number three, um, digital ministry, Josh, is too time-consuming for my church. How in the world am I going to find time to do this on top of all the other things I'm doing? Right. I like this argument, by the way. I know you like this one a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's why I put it in here. Was, sounds good. I put it in here just for you. Yeah. A common reason it's, uh, it's, I hear it, you know, well, <laughs> I hear it from you. You have me around kind of for this. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yes. Again, this is why I put it in here. Yeah. But from At blessed, yes. And from some of the pastors that I'm working with right now and that silent partner Mike and I are building websites for and that I'm setting up social media pages for and teaching them how to run their own stuff because some of them are recent church plants. They don't have anybody in their church yet. They don't have that high school kid or that college student to run this stuff yet. Um, and some of them are going, dude, it's just going to be me. That was one of the first questions I asked one of the pastors was who's going to be running this website. He just looked at me and said, me, yeah. I'm going to be the one running this. I right. said, Oh, so I got to train you on how to do this. Uh, but if you, even if you're a lone pastor of a church in terms of staffing, you have to be willing to make time for this yeah. and be willing to add it to your plate, especially the social media aspect. Be willing to learn it, be willing to be taught it, be willing to keep up with it. And, you know, if, if even if you only post once a day, once every couple of days, a Bible verse or something like that. Simple. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep to start it with. really simple to start with. But I could name a, a, a handful of pastors right now that we're working with who are doing leagues better now than they were before when it comes to all of this stuff. Both they're they're posting their um you, their sermons via YouTube now right. and all that kind of stuff, and they've mastered YouTube and live streaming. Whereas before, when we first came along, they weren't. They weren't doing any of that. Yeah, but you've also, in, in the previous podcast, you got to look back and see what, what numbers and what, what titles those were. But you've mentioned the, the need for uh, sort of daily regular touches on those on those accounts. So check, oh, yeah. check the Facebook page and respond to a couple of people that have sent mm-hmm. or shared. Um, check your Twitter and your That's all, Instagram and all that. And, all part and, of it. And churches that you know that are beginning to do that are beginning to see actual fruit yes. uh, in their ministry. Uh, ministry fruit from doing all that. So That's part of the engagement. That's the word that we throw out a lot for that. Always respond to comments and direct messages when you can. Always. Yeah. So, boom. Third massive explosion in the background of our digital media um, myths. And then lastly, you say uh, how we dispel these myths uh, is to dispel the myth that digital ministry is all about promotion. You're just talking about more promotion. But wait, there's more. More promotion. It's all about promotion. Right. 
And I think this is something that a lot of churches in general uh, deal with and struggle with. And I'm just going to blow this one right out of the water. Digital ministry is not about promotion. It's not about advertising. So some churches think that their Facebook platform or their Instagram or their Twitter or whatever they have is just a place to post nothing but announcements. Whatever we're announcing for the week, that's where we're going to post that. And we don't ever do anything it's else. like there. a little marquee that's not down the street, but it's online. Well, and it's a digital, it's, a, little, it's little, a digital bulletin board. Yeah. It's our it, little marquee it, that's telling us what we're doing. Right. So like it's, it's our digital yeah. bulletin. Homecoming dinner on yeah. the ground. And, it's, it's the bulletin. Yeah. It's the Facebook page version special, of a special guest speaker of a bulletin. Yeah. I think you could just keep going with those forever. Oh yeah. I got <laughs> Man, you pass all those signs. You just, what we're doing. you just got a million of them. Yep. And you know, a lot of churches treat it that way, but that's not how you're supposed to handle your social media. And I'm just going to say, if you're going to do digital ministry, then actually do digital ministry on your Facebook page. It goes back to what we were saying a second ago. Respond to people's comments when they leave comments. Respond to people's direct messages when they leave a direct message or send something to you. And especially when it's uh, an opportunity where you can actually minister to that individual. When somebody messages and says, hey, I'm really looking to get plugged into a small group or a Bible study, or I listened to your last sermon on this and it really touched me in that way. Message that person. Mm -hmm. And as the pastor, if you're running the Facebook page, you should be going after that person's phone number. Right. Eventually you should work a conversation up with that person. Sure. And then eventually if they're comfortable with it, you yeah, should go get coffee. You come, should go get come, coffee with that person. Come at the yeah. office or, you know, whatever. Exactly. Um, Build a bridge. Yeah. It it really if all you're doing I, I just I really think that if all you're doing is posting your announcements and the, your calendar stuff and only promoting those things it makes your church look like even though this isn't your intention it makes your church look like it's only about itself yeah because you're not actually interacting with other people there's no ministry happening on the platform when somebody says hey can you please pray for my granddaughter she's in the hospital and you just keep posting announcements and that that post and the comment thing ends up seven deals down and nobody ever did anything with it that's a terrible look yeah, for your it's, Facebook page. It's not ministry. It's, it's not ministry. It just sits it's there. It's a marquee sign. Yeah. yeah it's and, just a marquee sign and, at that point. And that person who left that comment is like, does this church even care? Right. Do they actually care about people? Yeah. I, I left a comment about a prayer request, and I really wanted somebody to pray and respond to that or send me a message or, or call me, and nobody ever did. And Even though their logo says caring for the community. <laughs> exactly. That may be your catchphrase. That's right. And that's even worse. So real digital ministry happens when you ask your followers. I even put one up today um, on, on our church's Facebook page. It asked your followers something like, hey, how can we pray for you today? And then if and when they respond or leave a comment or send a message, you know, message back. Right, and if it's somebody that's attending your church, and you know that the pastor has their phone number, you as the if you're not the pastor yourself, if you're the secretary or the communications guy or the silent partner or whatever, and you see that, send a text to the pastor and go, "Hey, so and so sent a message to yep. our Twitter page or Instagram or Facebook, and they need prayer for this, or they've got this crisis or emergency going on. You should probably know about it." Yeah, that's good. 
That's good. And just on a side note to all that, um, now that we've blown up the fourth myth, and uh, we've spelled myth several times in here, um, or dispelled myth, rather. We've um, done both. We've done both. That's so, right. But on a side note, um, our little church has a page dedicated just for prayer request. Yes, and that was the other thing I was going to say, and I will touch on that more in depth at the Shepherd Summit, so I'm not going to give all that away here, but real digital ministry doesn't just happen. It's a good point. It doesn't just happen on your social media platforms. It happens on your website, too. And on your website, you can, and I highly recommend that you do, implement a prayer request page Mm -hmm. where people can leave prayer request those prayer requests show up in an inbox somewhere mm-hmm. and are then able to be sent to the lead pastor of the church or anybody else on staff and there's a management system there um, where whoever's running the church's website no matter who that person is is able to kind of manage those um, on our church website platform it happens to be a system set up to where People who visit the site can not only leave a prayer request, but they can actually click on a little icon that says, I prayed for this other prayer request that I left. Mm-hmm. The other cool thing about our system is there's options to make your prayer request private. I only want the lead pastor to see it. I don't want it to appear on the wall kind of thing. So there's there's options there, and I'll talk about stuff like that. Yeah, at the summit. And when is the summit, Josh? The summit is April the 28th through the 30th. Thursday afternoon. That's right. So you guys can have a Thursday drive to Mobile, Alabama. Thursday afternoon at our church here at Northside Bible Church on University Boulevard. And uh, Friday all day, we'll have Jamie Harville as our worship leader on that Friday. Jamie's a great worship leader, loves music, and has written a bunch of songs that your church has been singing over the years, and you didn't even know it. Um, That's right. Well, you knew you were singing the songs. You just didn't know. You just didn't know he wrote them. Jamie was the one that wrote them. (laughs) That's Uh, right. That was a dangling modifier there. And then then Friday morning, we'll have another session, and we're going to be talking about weeds, wolves, and warfare while you're here. Uh, Just some topics that will stir up a little bit of how we do conflict resolution and how to protect ourselves as pastors in some of the heated battles and in some of the minor things. Uh, we're going to share a lot of information back and forth. There's not going to be uh, any one person here that's smarter than the other. Uh, we're just all going to talk together, and it's a great time to be blessed. We want to bless you as a ministry. Um, 614 is committed to encouraging you, so when you get here, we're going to do everything we can from the time you're here till the time you leave to be encouraged. Um, in fact, I will just tell you up front, if you can't afford the cost, we'll cover it for you. You just got to let us know that. That's right. Uh, even the rooms. If you need a place to stay, we'll find a way f- to help you cover your rooms. If, you, if you're if you a pastor that needs some refreshing, give us a call and we'll help you. That's right. 614ministries.org. You can hit the Shepherd Summit tab up in the menu bar. Thanks for listening to this episode today, guys. I'm Josh. That's Stan, Silent Partner Mike, and we will catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks for listening.